Welcome to this week's edition of Project Redemption, and I am super excited to introduce you all to another new Redemption Press author, Nikidra Rogers. We're going to be talking about her book, Kneeling Earnestly for Transformation, 30-Day Devotional. So Nikidra, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, Athena. You bet. So I wanted to kind of jumpstart our conversation today with a question that I asked you uh, beforehand about who God has called you to minister to and how does that play out in your everyday life. So I would love to hear some elaboration on this call that God has given you and what that looks like. Absolutely. Um, I believe that God has called me to minister to that career woman, the career woman who appears to have it all together. But in actuality, she's a mess, but she can't let anyone know that, you know, she has to, you know, put on airs for people. If, if people ask her how she's doing, oh, I'm doing great. Life is great. All of the things. But inside, she's actually suffering. And the reason why I believe that that is my calling is because I was that woman. Mm. Yes, I was that woman who on the outside looked as if she had it all together, had a great job, great career, moving up, you know, um, the ladder, so to speak, had my family, my husband and children, but just still not being happy, still just saying to myself, something's missing here. What's mm. what's going on? Why are you still mm -hmm sad like you have no reason to be you need to figure out what that is and so god just really took me through a process of breaking me down and actually just taking off the shield taking off the mask and looking at who i was from the inside out and just breaking me down and you know and, and building me back up allowing me to just really just see him Mm. You know, and, and and then I could just use my story to help someone else because I know that I'm not alone in that feeling. Absolutely. And that is a huge, I mean, just with social media and having to look perfect on our Facebook page and post all the best pictures and all the, you know, uh, the shots that make us look skinnier, maybe rather than the other ones that like, okay, <laughs> let's, let's delete that one. Just that whole thing of trying to um, be perfect. Yes. And for you to say, I was that person and I was struggling, but I didn't admit it. And then God took me through, you know, I mean, to, to voice that is what gives permission to those women to actually admit that they're that same person. Absolutely. That, that was the biggest step, you know, because everybody else, you know, they can see certain things when you're not yourself, you know, people that really know you and you're like, oh, I'm okay. Nothing's wrong. And, but being able to say, I don't have it together and I, I need some help to be able to just say those words, I need some help. It's not mm. a good day today. You know, that's that's empowering. Even though yeah. we may not look at it that way, it really is. That vulnerability, it's it's something. Well, and it's humbling. We're humbling ourselves mm -hmm. by admitting 
that things aren't so good because it's such uh, an automatic, I'm fine. We're good. You know, I mean, we, we put on that face and that's not being honest. We're lying to ourselves and we're lying to other people. That doesn't help us grow mm -hmm. in our faith or even if we don't, you know, if we're struggling to even know if we have any faith, that just keeps us in a bad place. That's right. Mm. I want to hear, because I think this, your story of how God got a hold of your life and really provided that transformation that you then want to share with others. T tell us what that looked like and, and how that happened in your life. Athena, it actually started in the pandemic, you know, looking around at everyone getting their own businesses when at a time when people couldn't work, only essential workers. And at first I was thinking about it from a selfish standpoint, actually. I was like, well, everybody else is, is getting a business. I need to do something too. Well, what can I do? And so I started looking at other people and I was like, I don't cook. I don't bake. <laughs> I, I'm not creative, you know? So my options are pretty limited here in regards to what it is that I can offer, what service. And so I was actually kind of sad about it and I started to get down on myself. But, you know, that's, again, that humbling process when you don't have it all together, you need to go to God. You need to be asking him, what is your plan for me? What is it that you want me to do? How can mm. I be of service to you? But Athena, I didn't do that. I went to everyone around me. <laughs> I went to my circle what do you think I can do? What, what do you think I'm good at? But everybody said the same thing. They were like, you should do something with encouragement. You're always posting scripture on social media every day. And I said, well, those aren't my words. You know, and they said, it doesn't matter. Just post it in any way. So I went through that process of going back and forth. Well, how am I going to present this information um, to the people. And so I sat with my friend and my husband and we came up with a platform, a name. And then I said, I'm going to post my first inspirational video. And so that's what I did. I started posting inspirational videos back in 2021. And then I ended up going to this Christian communicators conference and I, they started telling me, well, you need to have a target audience. You need to know who is that one person that it is that you're speaking to. And then one of the CC sisters, she actually started to pray for me and minister to me. And the tears just started running down my face. I was being cleansed at that point mm. and realized it's you. You're the one. You're the one that needs the help. You're the one that needs to know it's, it's okay. Even if it's not okay, it's okay. Because I go to church. I'm in the choir, you know, my kids go to church. So it's not like I don't know the Lord, but that relationship, that intimate time with him of just, you know, just scripting yourself down and saying, Lord, I need your help saying, Lord, what is really wrong with me? Why am I not happy? You've given me every single thing I've asked for. You've given me the job. You've given me the husband, the house, the kids. What do I have to complain about? But I'm in a bad mood every single day about something. That's because I needed to draw to him. You know, I needed to look to him. He's the source. He's my strength. It's not me on my own. It's not my job. 
I just had to go through that. And then once I realized, you know, I started getting stronger. I started getting stronger in his words, started reading his word and started listening to what his words were saying to me. Would you say that up to that point, you were kind of called yourself a Christian, but didn't really spend time with him and in his word? And would you say the intimacy factor was kind of missing before that or Absolutely. I was reading the word. So I get daily scriptures every day. So I read the word, but not so much to now where they jump off the page to me. They mm -hmm. jump off the page and have a brand new meaning. So I was praying to him, but it's a difference when you're just saying, thank you, Lord, for another day. Thank you for waking me up this morning for taking care of my family versus saying, Father God, I am struggling. You know, my mind is all over the place. I feel as if I've hit rock bottom. You know, when you change words in your prayer, you're asking him, Lord, I need you to help me to be a better person. That's a totally different thing. You know, you're having a conversation with him like you're having with your friends. Whereas before I wasn't necessarily doing that. And when you admit to him, it's not like he doesn't know, right? So when you admit to him, I'm struggling and I really, I need you and I need your Holy Spirit to sanctify me and take me through whatever you need to take me through to make me more like your son. He loves to answer those prayers. He does. I love he that. Does. So we've all got multiple stories in our lives of how mm -hmm. bad things, God doesn't make the bad things good, but he will take that experience and bring good out of it. And that's our Romans 8, 28 verse where God uses all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. So give us an example of how God has worked as that Romans 8, 28 God in your life. For me, it was through my children. All my life, I wanted to be a mom. You know, I wanted to be married and it happened. Uh, 20. 16, I got married. And later mm -hmm. that year, we got pregnant. And oh, it, we there was so much joy. There was so much joy in the house at that moment. You know, you go through all of the things where you confirm your pregnancy, you make your appointments. So then I get to my 11 week appointment and I go into the doctor's office, you know, because at this appointment, you're going to hear the baby's heartbeat. And I lay on the table. She, do, you know, does everything to get the ultrasound ready. And there's no heartbeat. But not only is there no heartbeat, the, the sack had shrank, you know, which was indicative of a miscarriage. But she didn't want to say that. So she said, I'm going to have you do some blood work. And then we're going to have you retest again 48 hours later. And if your hormones drop, then you've had a miscarriage. So immediately, you know, my husband, he was very upset. And I was as well, but I was still hopeful. And God, he, he whispered to me that day and said, you will have a baby again. So I did have a miscarriage and I'm just holding on to God's word. However, an entire year went by, you know, because people were telling me, oh, you'll get pregnant soon. You've had people are normally very fertile after that. And so I clung to that. You know, they weren't doctors, but that's what they told me. And so I believed it. 
and it didn't happen. So I tell you to be in that position for an entire year when you're wanting something so bad and it doesn't happen and you're still having to have faith and you're still having to believe and you're saying, well, God, you told me this. When are you going to do it? Mm, when are you that's disappointment. Absolutely. When are you going to come through for me? Right. I'm doing I'm doing everything. I'm paying my tithes. I'm going to church. You know, all of the things that he wants us to do. I'm worshiping you. And so, you know, I remember going to church on my 37th birthday and I cried all through service. Mind you, this was a year later. I got pregnant at 26, 36. My turn 37. That Sunday at church, I cried all day because I hadn't cried the entire year. I don't I was holding it in or I'm not quite sure what was going on. But that day I released every single thing, you know, even I was hurt. I was still hurt because I was like, it hasn't happened yet. That was pretty much my rock bottom at that point. Right. But God is good. And the next month I conceived. Yes. Well, and you know what you're telling me there is you kind of skipped over the grieving process <laughs> because that we don't want to feel that pain. We want to just like get through it and get pregnant, right? So, it, and you had to feel that and you had to go through that process. I love how he got you to where you, you finally felt that pain, surrendered it, yeah, get, you no. know, and look at how he worked. Look at how I have two beautiful daughters. My mm. oldest daughter just started kindergarten today. Mm. Yes. But what all what you also have is you also have a point of ministry for that is one of those traumas and losses mm -hmm. and um, grief producing experiences that you don't really see on they're not in a wheelchair they're not on crutches they're not you know losing their hair because they're getting chemo no you you don't even really know it unless you have that conversation the isolation factor that mm -hmm. the enemy works when we've yeah. gone through that kind of pain and loss he wants to keep you isolated so that you have no, you're no good to anyone. For you to be allowed to go through that and then, you know, spend a whole year skipping the grieving process, then going through it and then watching him bring good out of that. And now that's an area that you can minister life to others, women who are, you know, don't do what I did, <laughs> you know, don't wait a year yes. of, for to get through that grieving because the grieving is what creates that intimacy with him that yes. struggle yes it has to take place it has and and that's you know what i had to learn that yeah. you have to go through every, you can't skip over things so yeah wow so good okay so we're gonna just uh switch gears and talk about your book <laughs> kneeling earnestly for transformation <laughs> a 30-day devotional Give us just the main message of the book in a couple of sentences. Let's start there. The main message is it's going to be okay. You can make it. Do not lose your hope. I know it's hard. I, I know you feel like you're the only one that has gone through things, but trust me, you are not alone. And storms pass so you can get through it. Just hang on and keep enduring. Amen. Amen. And you know what? That it's in those hard things that he 
can bring the transformation if we will humble ourselves mm -hmm. and surrender and do all the things that it's part of that sanctification process. Yeah. And I love devotionals where you can just really focus on, okay, God, I want you to transform me. I mm -hmm. want you to make me more like your son. In fact, Romans 8.28 is often quoted, but verse 29 usually isn't. And that's where he talks about that he wants to conform us to the image of his son. That's right. And Jesus suffered well. He didn't hide his suffering. He suffered and, you know, was at peace with that, knowing that God was going to bring good out of it. How did you know when you were supposed to write this and, and what it was going to look like, what the message was going to look like? When I first started my ministry, I told you I was doing inspirational videos every day. God speaks to me when it's time to move to do the next thing. I'll hear something. And so he literally said to me, it's time for you to put these things to paper. But I didn't necessarily know that me putting them to paper was going to mean a book. You know, I didn't know that it was going to mean a book. But again, people can say things to you. They may not mean it a certain way. But if it's how the Lord wants you to receive it, then that's what you're going to hear. So again, back to this Christian Communicators Conference, one of the perks of registering for the conference is that you get a one-on-one -on -one, um, visit with the co-directors. And so I got my 15-minute call and she answered every single question that I had and I didn't even have to ask. So that was my first key. I didn't have to ask for anything. She answered every single question that I had. But the one thing that she said to me that really stood out was, if you're a speaker, you're expected to write. And if you're a writer, you're expected to speak. And to me, that said, it's time to write a book. <laughs> wow. Yep. Confirmation there. Yes. If you did all those videos, you had the content and it just needed to be repurposed That's from right. that spoken word on video to in print. Well, I love that. Okay. So my friend, if we have people listening today or they're watching YouTube and they want to get a hold of you, what is the best way for them to do that? You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, or you can catch me live on Wednesday nights. I have a podcast, the Optimistically Key That's Me podcast on Fishbowl Radio Network at 6 p.m. Central, but that is also syndicated as well. Or you can find me on YouTube, or you can email me at optimisticallykey at gmail.com. Well, my friend, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an absolute delight. I'm